0: it's time to play like a jet with your host scott mason play like a jet what does that
1: mean i made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the new york jets rogers going for it all looking to bring it open he's got
0: it lazard gonna go touchdown rogers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right pumps and runs and Rodgers is inside the pylon allen has time intercepted Sauce Gardner's got it, breaking away, Garrett Wilson, Wilson a big play downfield. Allen, tripped up, he could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall, he's done it again, Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quentin Williams,
1: what a beast, number 95 for the Jets.
2: Listen, thank you. This is play. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at jet one And it's time for part four of the July 4th weekend mega mailbag with our friend who covers the Jets for jetnation.com. He's the editor over there. He's in Great Britain for July 4th. But as we said, he's keeping the spirit of July 4th alive over in Great Britain. Glenn Naughton. Glenn, thanks so much for coming back on for day number four of this mega mailbag.
3: Happy to do it. Great time and uh, and thoughts and prayers out to uh, anyone who works for ESPN right now.
2: Yeah, it's tough right now. I saw Susie Colber, yeah. who have been there 27 years, is gone. It's sad because the thing that she's probably best known for is something that wasn't exactly a positive experience and it wasn't her fault. It was yeah. the whole Namath incident, which I won't relive right now. But yeah, I saw a whole bunch of people, including former Jet Keyshawn Johnson, Steve Young. It seems like a lot of the people that were highly paid and or not used as much were put to the side here. It's tough. That's the reality of working in sports media. You never know what's going to happen when it comes to overinvestment, which is what looks like happened here. They just flat out spent too much money and something had to give. And so some of these people are on the chopping block. I'm sure some of them will wind up somewhere, but for a guy like Steve Young, I'm sure he's got plenty of money. He'll be okay. And worst case, no doubt that he could get hired doing sports talk radio or television in the San Francisco area if he wanted to do that.
3: Yeah, the thing that was weird to me, I, I saw a thing that said Keyshawn was fired, but he'd be fine because he just signed like something like a five-year deal worth 18 million and he'll collect all of it. I'm like, well, why not keep him if you're gonna pay him anyway? Like that 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 one didn't make sense to me. But uh yeah, you're you're paying people many, many millions of dollars to sit down and talk sports. It, it's not the most irreplaceable skill in the world. So some of those salaries, when I saw them were a little bit, I, I kind of thought, oh, that's why they're having to let people go.
2: That is weird. If they're paying Keyshawn that money and it's guaranteed, I see no reason to let him go from a cost-cutting perspective. If they just wanted to get rid of him for some other reason, different story. But if you're just looking to cut costs, what would be the purpose of firing a guy whose contract is fully guaranteed? I figure there's got to be some sort of savings there. Maybe it's like an NFL contract where he signed a contract and only a portion of it is guaranteed? I don't know.
3: Yeah, it, it, it was a weird one. But either way, I'm, I'm sure he'll be all right. He's, he's done all right over the course of his career.
2: Certainly has. And so did Darrell Revis. In fact, Darrell Revis yeah. fortune when he was in the NFL. Now he's talking about going into our space, Glenn, and doing some podcasts. And he talked about this after what just happened with Joe Klecko. We got a question about that. From Jimmy, he asked what we thought of the Joe Klecko, Darrell Revis thing that happened on Twitter. And I don't even know how to explain this other than the short version, which is essentially Joe Klecko did an interview on a podcast. And I don't remember which one. And he was talking about how he saw Darrell Revis at the Super Bowl when they both found out they were going into the Hall of Fame. Revis going in early in his eligibility, Joe Klecko going in as a veteran committee selection. And Klecko said that Revis said something to him along the lines of, it's nice that the two of us are going in together because we're the two best Jets defensive players of all time, which by the way, if you're a Jets fan, that's a true statement. The Jets have had some really good defensive players. Those are the two best defensive players of all time. Revis had a better peak. Klecko had a longer career with the Jets. We know what happened with Rebus. He left and came back in the second up to the level of the first tour of duty. Still, One of the great cornerbacks of all time, if not in his peak, the best corner. He was certainly in the top five, peak for peak. And so Klecko talked about that and said it was a really nice moment, said nice things about Darrell Rivas. And then Darrell Rivas comes out on Twitter and basically said, I just said that to you to be nice and generate a positive headline. The truth is, I'm much better than you. I'm the number one Jets defensive player of all time. And it's not even a discussion. And to be honest, I have no idea why he had to say that. It's weird because this is part of why Darrell Rivas' personality has sort of been polarizing. People talk about him being a mercenary, and that's certainly true, but he's always been sort of standoffish, right? He's never exactly been a personable guy, and he's been a bit of an aloof character. There's some strange stories about even how – He lived in this small apartment over a convenience store or something like that when he was making millions of dollars. So just a strange guy, a bit of an enigma. And he's done stuff like this before where he said things where his ego got the better of him. Now, there's nothing wrong with a player having an ego, especially a player of Revis's character. It's sort of is baked into the cake, right? you will hear guys that are as good as Revis. You've heard Sherman say things like this many times about how good he is and all of that. And that's fine. But when he says something like this, where his ego drove him to unnecessarily say something nasty about another player who is complimenting him, it's just incredibly strange because Joe Klecko said nothing but nice things about Revis. And what Revis said was true. He and Klecko are the two best. He could have just left it at that. But instead, he felt the need to go on Twitter, crap on Klecko and reiterate that he believes he's far and away the best player. I see no reason why he felt like he needed to do that. There was no positive purpose. And honestly, again, this is why Darrell Reeves, for as much as people respect him for how great he was, has been a bit of an estranged character here with the Jets. I mean, he left, so that's part of it. And then when he came back the second time, he wasn't that good. And then there was a certain point where he was clearly just not even trying anymore. And so that's baked in there, too. That was not the case with Joe Klecko, who dominated positions and did so when he was always hurt. I've talked to several players that play with Klecko and they'll tell you that Klecko played almost every single game of his career in a ton of pain, but was still an excellent player. Again, Revis peak for peak, the better player, but it's just strange and it shows you the difference in personalities. Klecko went out of his way to compliment Revis. Revis went out of his way to crap on Klecko, even after initially complimenting him. So I don't even know what to make of this. Our friend Joe blew it. From Jets X Factor jokingly texted me that he wonders if there's gonna be a cage fight between the two on Hall of Fame weekend. Probably not, but it feels like this would be a build to some sort of cage fight the way that Revis was talking.
3: Yeah, the whole thing is it's really sickening to honestly. I mean, I, I really felt bad for Plecko because here's a guy who waited a million years to finally get into the hall. He does an interview where he's having a little bit of fun. He thinks he's telling a nice story about him and, a, him and a former Jet who he'll be going into the Hall of Fame with. He makes a statement that, as you said, is accurate. We're the two best guys, to, you know, defensive players to play for this team. And for some reason, Darrell Rivas can't stand the thought of seeing another human being happy and decides he's got to make a controversy of it and say there's no discussion, I'm the guy. like, And Klecko wasn't even saying there was a discussion. He was just saying we're the two best. And it it really, you know, I actually tweeted a while ago. I haven't looked to see how the results are going, the poll results. When I see the fans responding to it. The number of people who were like, yeah, Revis, tell them. Yeah, Revis, that's what's up. I'm like, I feel like fans, Twitter has led them to believe that players are their friends. And, like, they feel like they're backing up a friend. But really all you're doing is sort of like, you know, um, you're just trying to get a guy's attention so he'll like your tweet or retweet you, and then you can feel special. I guess. Um, I didn't like it, and and but people, I think people sometimes think that because a player is great, he must be a great guy. It's not always the case. Some guys can be, you know, we've seen some of the stuff guys do off the field, and of course, you know, a lot of guys have done much worse than what Revis has done. But Darrell Revis is a, in, you know is undeniably, at his, as you said, and, th- and this was a point I was going to make, Scott, at his peak, undeniably the best Jets player I've ever seen um, and probably the best mm-hmm. Jets player anyone has ever seen when he was at his best. But his best was fairly short-lived, and, you know, you look at Revis later in his career, you're not going to find film of Joe Clicker running away from contact or jumping out of bounds to avoid getting hit. Like Klecko was the better player who gave more for a longer stretch, which I think there's something to be said for that. But Revis was absolutely undeniably, unquestionably, the higher caliber of player when he was at his best. So unfortunately, we don't just get to have a nice time where we think, oh, this is so great. The Jets are playing on Hall of Fame weekend. There's two Jets going in. It's going to be such a great time. Instead, there's going to be like tension, animosity. Like, you know, there's going to be some fans mad at Revis for what he said. Um, just a weird, weird that weird is the only way I can describe it. Like, and then uh, someone someone told me or tweeted to me the other day that Revis, you know, attempted to clear things up, quote unquote. But all he said was that, like, oh, it what it originated from was, um, Klecko. Yeah, Klecko called me out. Like, he tweeted me, he sent me a message, and I ignored it. And Klecko mentioned it in front of some people, like, and in probably a busting your chops type of way, I would imagine um But yeah, he really took offense to it and really went after Klecko, and that's what bothered me the most. I'm like, here's Klecko, like laughing, joking, probably having the time of his life, about to go in the Hall of Fame, and Revis has to call him out and and make him out to be some type of bad guy. I just didn't get it.
2: Not that this makes Klecko a better player than Revis, but Klecko also well known as the leader of that locker room and also the baddest dude in that locker room. I've had numerous guys on that team say. Everyone knew Joe Klecko was the guy in that locker room you didn't screw around with. I would say Darrell Reeves isn't tough, but I don't think he's that level of tough. And he certainly wasn't that level of leader either. We know that he was never really a vocal guy. I think, Glenn, building on your point about people and the yes queen culture that I guess we have on social media, this boils down also to Darrell Reeves is a guy who many Jets fans who are on social media... They watched him play because he was a fairly recent player on the team. Many of the people on social media right now did not watch Joe Klecko, so they don't have that same connection to him that they do to Darrell Revis. And so Revis feels more like their guy. I had somebody say, what's the big deal about Joe Klecko? It took him all this time to get into the Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, sometimes the voters make mistakes, but also let's remember something else. The Jets only now will have... Of two defensive players in the Hall of Fame, Revis and Klecko. That's it. There aren't any other Jets that are in the Hall of Fame. So for anybody to say that Klecko wasn't number two, who else is number two? I mean, you want to argue John Abraham? I guess you could, but I don't think Abraham was a better player. I don't know who else you would even attempt to argue on the defensive side of the ball for the Jets was better than Joe Klecko other than Darrell Revis. So very strange thing, but you get a lot of that. You get these people that didn't watch those guys. It's before their time, and so they feel much more connected to the guy that they did see, namely a player like Darrell Rivas. So you see this a lot even when you talk about the quarterbacks and such or different players. I've heard a lot of people talk about how Kenny O'Brien was nowhere near as good as Chad Pennington, and that's ridiculous. Oh. I think you can a very strong case that Kenny was the better quarterback than Chad Pennington, but they were both right there, I think, after Namath in terms of – Who would be number two and who would be number three in Jets history? Look, Kenny O'Brien had his weaknesses. We joked about this on the mailbag last week when I told the story about how I met Ken O'Brien. He got sacked a lot. He wasn't mobile. He held the ball too long, all of that. But as a straight passer, he was really, really good. Three-time Pro Bowler, led the AFC in passing in 1985. And so I think a lot of people don't remember him for as good as he actually was. The reality is Jets fans never forgave him for not being Dan Marino, but he was a good player. And Chad Pennington, also a very good quarterback, but he was more recent. So some of the more recent fans that are on Twitter remember him in a way that they don't remember. That's the way these things work. So I think that's really what it boils down to in terms of people that were seemingly backing Terrell Rivas over Joe Kleckle, when in reality, if you're a Jets fan, you should be backing both guys. And also acknowledging what you said, Glenn, which is that there was no reason for Revis to say what he said, and it just came off as classless and unnecessarily nasty.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps>
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
2: Glenn, real quickly, I want to ask you, have you been watching more college football? Because everybody knows you have a reputation for watching an enormous amount of college football. You told me you were taking a break, but that you were getting back to it. Have you had your eye on anybody in particular?
3: Uh, Yeah, I actually, you know, it was funny because when the draft wrapped up, I was kind of like, oh, let me, uh," I I think I literally took two or three days and then I got right back into it. Um, And then I realized, I was like, okay, this is, you know, I need a little more than that. So I took a few weeks and then a couple of days ago, you know, I kind of watch a game here and there. And then a couple of days ago, I thought I really got to dive back into this, you know, so I've I've been uh, looking at a lot of focusing on the offensive side of the ball right now. And I'll, I'll kind of cover a bunch of those guys, and then I'll, I'll look at some defensive guys in a couple of weeks. But just throw out a few names, and these, these might be guys I mentioned during the season on our show on Jet Nation Radio because we throw out names throughout the year of guys who may be eligible but end up not declaring. But a uh, couple of quarterbacks, Cam Ward from Washington State. Uh, he's a guy who's really poised under pressure, has a phenomenal arm, Um, And last season was his first first year under center for Washington State, completed over 64 percent of his passes, 23 touchdowns, only nine interceptions. Um, He's only ranked he's ranked, I think, 52. Uh, The list I use early on is PFN because they have the most extensive list at this point. But I do sometimes I see their rankings and I, I, you know, disagree quite a bit with where they have guys placed. Um, Jordan Travis, Florida State, uh, f- funny enough, a lot of Florida State guys on on my my current sort of guys to watch list. He's a guy, some of his some of the runs you'll see him make, absolutely electric, great anticipation, um, made a bunch of plays, and I'm, I'm expecting FSU to have a really nice season this year. They also have a running back there. All their backs can fly. Um, but one of the guys I, I really like is Trey Benson. Uh, you know, I don't know that the Jets will be looking for another running back next year. But if they if they end up being a team that takes a guy every year, he could be on their radar. But he might go a little bit too early. Bucky Irving, another guy from Oregon, another running back uh, runs. With, you know, he weighs just under 200 pounds, but he runs with a lot more power than that. Um, he will. You know, he'll run it between the tackles He'll run it outside. He he went over a thousand yards last year. Um, He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, one name I'm going to throw at you is Scott. This guy might be as of right now, offensively anyway, uh, might be my favorite skill player. Dorian Singer transferred from Arizona. He went to USC. This guy, some of the catches this guy made were just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, just one after another, I'm one handed, leaping, twisted, contorted, just some of the best catches you'll ever see. And actually, I believe had a really big game against USC, which is um, I'm sure is what kind of put him on their radar. Uh, but now him going from Arizona to USC and that offense to me, like dark horse guy to watch who could fly up draft boards. He's actually ranked a little higher than I thought um, PFN would have him just because he's an under the radar guy. They've got him at 99, but if he plays the way he did for Arizona and it, and that carries over to USC with his ability to catch the football, um, definitely a guy to watch. And another FSU guy, Johnny Wilson. Johnny Wilson, six foot seven. Um, I mean, talk about a guy who can create nightmare matchups. Six seven, really long arms. I've seen him compared to Mike Evans. Um, will he be that good? You know, that's a pretty high bar to set. But I think that his, you know, he's a guy who could be a thousand yard receiver at some point. I, I, Brock Bowers. I feel silly mentioning everybody. He must be on everyone's radar. Tight end, who's probably going to be a top ten pick. Uh, I saw something recently showing that he's been a more productive tight end than uh, than Michael Pitts was uh, through his two first college seasons. You see, that Georgia lines him up all over the place. He gets a little bit of work at running back, but he lines up wide. He lines up at H back. He's a tight end. He's all over the place. Just an absolute monster playmaker. You know, somebody that that really, really on that Georgia offense. It, you know, it'll be interesting to see how um the the change in offensive coordinator will affect him, but just a fantastic player. Julian Pearl from Illinois is a uh offensive lineman. And, you know, funny because as I was researching him a little bit, made me think of um I'm drawing a blank. Of um Brandon Moore. I was I almost said Ronald Moore for a second there, a different player. Uh Brandon Moore because Brandon Moore, of course, the the fantastic Jets guard who was an Illinois product, who trans who transitioned from the D line to offensive line. Same story for Julian Pearl, only he did it in college. Uh, While Lovey Smith was his head coach, he came to him and said, look, I think as an offensive lineman, you'd have a chance to go to the next level. And being really raw on the O-line, he's put together some really impressive film. So he's a guy that I'd be looking for there. My favorite tackle in the class is probably Ladarius Henderson out of Michigan. He transferred from Arizona State where he played guard. He's a guy I couldn't believe how well he moved for his size. Big dude who can just really move and just blow guys up. He transferred to Michigan and they now have him listed as a tackle. So I, I assuming that's where he'll be moving to. And those are, those are some of the offensive guys that I've, I've got my eye on right now. And, uh, and, you know, defensive guys coming up at some point in the near future.
2: Glenn Naughton, the editor at JetNation.com, and the co-host of jet nation radio. Thank you so much for coming on and answering some mailbag questions with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out everything you're doing over at jet nation, and hearing you on Jet Nation Radio. How can they do that?
3: Uh, yeah, check us out. Jet Nation Radio. JetNation.com. First of all, check out the forums. Most active independent Jets message board on the web. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at JNR underscore Glenn. Uh, I do – well, I'm actually just doing solo stuff right now because I have other things going on. But – you can check us out Thursday nights live. At the moment, it's Dylan Terriman and Chris Schubert of the Draft Network um, doing our live Thursday night shows at 6.30. Uh, give us a follow on Facebook on their Jet Nation page, and uh, you'll get alerts whenever they put one out. And I'm just, I'm just taking pot shots. Whenever an issue comes up that's worth talking about, I'll do a quick 10, 15 minutes on it. And hopefully sometime here in the next couple months, I'll be back on the regular rotation with the Thursday and Friday nights.
2: Every time something pops up that tickles Glenn's fancy, he'll do a live. He'll go and do a live video <laughs> up there. So make sure you check out everything he's doing over at jet nation radio. And of course, dot com check out everything we've got going on over at play and the play like a jet YouTube channel. We've got awesome all 22 breakdowns up there right now. So watch our videos and subscribe. If you haven't already, youtube.com slash play like a jet, visit our store tpublic.com that's t-e-e-public.com we've got the John Franklin Myers Quentin Williams bless you thank you shirt the play like a jet logo shirt caps mugs hoodies it's all there tpublic.com that's t-e-e-public.com and be sure to give us a five star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest New York Jets podcasts and content you know where to go